as her little children, cast ourselves into her arms with a perfect confidence. St. Francis de Sales. Welcome to the podcast, Stay at Home Faith. I'm your host, Faith Davis. Walk with me down this road of discovery and cultivation in our vocation of holy motherhood, fostering saints while developing our domestic churches as a source of support and encouragement. In each episode, I examine an area of motherhood in the light of the Catholic Church with the goal of encouraging my peers in a difficult but rewarding job, being a mom. Welcome to this episode all about Mary, our mother, our example. Stay tuned for housekeeping and announcements after the episode. Let's take a moment to offer this time to the Lord and invite the Holy Spirit into our lives. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Come Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful and kindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your spirit and they shall be created and you shall renew the face of the earth. O God, who by the light of the Holy Spirit did instruct the hearts of the faithful, grant that by the same Holy Spirit we may be truly wise and ever enjoy his consolations. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Mary was the perfect mother. She only had one child, a perfect child. How can I relate to her? How could she be my example when she doesn't know my struggles? I think about this often, but I've come to learn we can look to her for help and respite and guidance. So let's dive in. Starting with a quote from Mulieres Dignitatum, quote, as we contemplate this mother whose heart a sword has pierced, Luke 2.35, our thoughts go to all the suffering women in the world, suffering either physically or morally. In this suffering, a woman's sensitivity plays a role, even though she often succeeds in resisting suffering better than a man. It is difficult to enumerate these sufferings. It is difficult to call them all by name. We may recall her maternal care for her children, especially when they fall sick or fall into bad ways. The depth of those most dear to her, the loneliness of mothers forgotten by their grown-up children, the loneliness of widows, the sufferings of women who struggle alone to make a living, and women who have been wronged or exploited. Then there are the sufferings of consciences as a result of sin, which has wounded the woman's human or maternal dignity, the wounds of consciences which do not heal easily, with the sufferings to we must place ourselves at the foot of the cross. End quote. We look to Mary to understand our sufferings more, more so than you might have expected. She understands the pain of watching a child suffer, and she understands the pain of loneliness, and she understands the pain of conscience. She may not have sinned in her lifetime, but she understands the struggle we all suffer with in our minds and hearts the pain of wanting to be better and wrestling with the temptation. She can offer guidance and intercession only if we ask. One of my main struggles is hearing the spirit prompt me and knowing it's going to make me uncomfortable, big or small, 
I will sit with it and wrestle with it just to avoid discomfort. It's in these times I can turn to her and pray for strength. I can say a quick Hail Mary, or if I have time, a rosary. And speaking of the rosary, when we're thinking of how we can look to Mary as an example, listen to this quote, Rosarium Virginis Mariae, quote, The contemplation of Christ has an incomparable model in Mary, and in a unique way, the face of the Son belongs to Mary. It was in her womb that Christ was formed, receiving from her a human resemblance which points to an even greater spiritual closeness. No one has ever devoted himself to the contemplation of the face of Christ as faithfully as Mary. The eyes of her heart already turned to him at the Annunciation when she conceived him by the power of the Holy Spirit. In the months that followed, she began to sense his presence, to picture his features. When at last she gave birth to him in Bethlehem, her eyes were able to gaze tenderly on the face of her son as she wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger. Luke 2.7 Thereafter, Mary's gaze, ever filled with adoration and wonder, would never leave him. At times it would be a questioning look, as in the episode of finding him in the temple. Son, why have you treated us so? Luke 2.48 It would always be a penetrating gaze, one capable of deeply understanding Jesus, even to the point of perceiving his hidden feelings and anticipating his decisions, as at Cana, John 2.5. At other times, it would be a look of sorrow, especially beneath the cross, where her vision would still be that of a mother giving birth. For Mary not only shared the passion and death of her son, she also received the new son given to her in the beloved disciple. John 19, 26 and 27. On the morning of Easter, hers would be a gaze radiant with joy of the resurrection, and finally on the day of Pentecost, a gaze of fire with the outpouring of the Spirit. Acts 1, 14. End quote. We grow closer to Christ and to the way of Christian living by contemplating the life of Christ and imitating his life. We learn from Mary how to question and picture a future with Christ her Son. Just as you think about your children, who they are and will become as people, wondering what their dreams and ambitions are. To find out, you have to ask and converse, then observe to really understand the desires of their hearts. We learn from Mary we should do the same with Christ. We need to talk to him daily, observe his life in scripture, ponder and meditate in the rosary or in similar meditations. Another quote from Rosarium Virginis Mariae, quote, Mary lived with her eyes fixed on Christ, treasuring his every word. She kept all things, pondering them in her heart, Luke 2.19 and 2.51. The memories of Jesus impressed upon her heart were always with her, leading her to reflect on the various moments of her life at her son's side. In a way, those memories were to be the rosary, which she recited uninterruptedly throughout her earthly life. Even now, amid the joyful songs of the heavenly Jerusalem, the reasons for her thanksgiving and praise remain unchanged. They inspire her maternal concern for 
the Pilgrim Church, in which she continues to relate her personal account of the gospel. Mary constantly sets before the faithful the mysteries of her son with the desire that the contemplation of those mysteries will release all their saving power. In recitation of the rosary, the Christian community enters into contact with the memories and contemplative gaze of Mary." If you're not familiar with the rosary, it's a series of prayers and meditations given to us by Mary herself in order to draw us closer to Christ. With each decade of the rosary, there are aspects of Christ's life to think on while praying. She expanded on her example given to us in the scriptures on how to focus on different aspects of her son's life, called mysteries, and carried them into every aspect of our lives. Committing to just one decade a day can be super fruitful or reading the daily readings of the liturgical year. The calendar for the liturgical year goes through Jesus' life as well, so maybe you can commit to listen to to a podcast that takes you through the Lectio Divina on the daily readings. Any commitment, small or large, of daily practices will greatly benefit your relationship with Christ. Another quote from Rosaria Virginis Marie, quote, The school of Mary is all the more effective if we consider that she teaches by obtaining for us in abundance the gifts of the Holy Spirit, even as she offers us the the incomparable example of her own pilgrimage of faith. As we contemplate each mystery of her son's life, she invites us to do as she did at the Annunciation, to ask humbly the questions which open us to the light, in order to end with the obedience of faith. Behold, I am the handmaid of the Lord, be it done unto me according to your word. Luke 1.38 Looking at her life in the scriptures, we see the progression of our own lives. It starts with saying yes to God's will in our lives and out of our devotion. Pope Francis questions in a general audience to St. Peter's Square on Wednesday, the 23rd of October in 2013, quote, We can ask ourselves a question. Do we allow ourselves to be illumined by the faith of Mary, who is our mother? Or do we think her as distant, as someone too different from us? In moments of difficulty, of trial, of darkness, do we look to her as a model of trust in God who always and only desires our good? Let us think about this. Perhaps it will do us good to rediscover Mary as the model and figure of the church in this faith that she possessed. The Holy Spirit grants us gifts to help accomplish his will in faith. We see these gifts in 1 Corinthians 12, 4-11, and they are wisdom, understanding, counsel, fortitude, knowledge, piety, and fear of the Lord. Mary invites us to obtain these gifts that are already available to us, but we so often fail to cultivate with the help of the Holy Spirit. All we have to do is be open to the Holy Spirit to work in our lives and follow through with the direction given. How do you open your heart and mind to the promptings of the Holy Spirit? I hear the Holy Spirit the most in Bible study. It's that phenomenon when you're wrestling with something and you go to read scripture or commentary and it speaks directly to your life. Those moments are so incredible to me. 
It's happened to me also in prayer or in listening to a podcast or a song. Quote, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds. To the one who knocks, the door will be opened. End quote. Matthew 7, 7 through 8. Besides the prayer I opened the episode with, here is another prayer to the Holy Spirit. Spirit of wisdom and understanding, enlighten our minds to perceive the mysteries of the universe in relation to eternity. Spirit of right judgment and courage, guide us and make us firm in our baptismal decision to follow Jesus' way of love. Spirit of knowledge and reference, help us to see the lasting value of justice and mercy in our everyday dealings with one another. May we respect life as we work to solve problems of family and nation, economy and ecology. Spirit of God, spark our faith, hope and love into the new action of each day. Fill our lives with wonder and awe in your presence, which penetrates all creation. Amen. Listen to this excerpt from a homily of His Holiness Pope Francis at Minor Basilica of the Shrine Virgen de la Caridad de Colbre in Santiago, Cuba, Tuesday, 22nd of September, 2015. Quote, In the Gospel we see Mary, the first disciple, a young woman of perhaps between 15 and 17 years of age, who in a small village of Palestine was visited by the Lord, who told her she was to be the mother of the Savior. Mary was far from thinking it was all about her, or thinking that everyone had come to wait upon her. She left her house and went out to serve. First she goes to help her cousin Elizabeth, the joy which blossoms when we know that God is with us, with our people, gets our heart beating, gets our legs moving, and draws us out of ourselves. It leads us to take the joy we have received and to share it in service. In those pregnant situations which our neighbors and families may be experiencing, the gospel tells us that Mary went in haste, slowly but surely, with a steady pace, neither too fast or slow, as never to get there, neither anxious nor distracted. Mary goes with haste to accompany her cousin who conceived in her old age. Henceforth, this was always the to be her way. She has always been the woman who visits men and women, children, the elderly, and the young. She has visited and accompanied many of our people in the drama of their birth. She has watched over the struggles of those who fought to defend their rights of their children. And now she continues to bring the word of life, her son, our Lord. End quote. Mary is our example in being a servant to others, and we see it here in Pope Francis' reflection on her visit to Elizabeth. We can assume that if she did this for her cousin, that she was the kind of person who would travel at any inconvenience to herself and for the sake of others. What does this look like in our lives? We do this daily for our children, and sometimes with the joy of God, but other times with grumbling and bitterness. I point this out for myself. I can't imagine Mary having anything but a good attitude, but I'm sure she can relate. She went without anxiety or distraction, and being a highly anxious person, 
I find it difficult to accomplish anything without some sort of anxiety. What if we were able to have a heart like Mary's, focused and peaceful? What if we were able to serve joyfully even when it's inconvenient? If you have several children, you know it's inconvenient to leave your house, let alone travel out of town to help someone. But Mary showed us how to be a disciple. Maybe we should consider following her example. Here's a quote from Evangelii Gaudium of the Holy Father Pope Francis. Quote, there is a Marian style to the church's work of evangelization. Whenever we look to Mary, we can come to believe once again in the revolutionary nature of love and tenderness. In her, we see that humility and tenderness are not virtues of the weak, but of the strong, who need to not treat others poorly in order to feel important themselves. Contemplating Mary, we realize that she who praised God for bringing down the mighty from their thrones and sending the rich away empty, Luke 1, 52-53, is also the one who brings a homely warmth to our pursuit of justice. She is also the one who carefully keeps all things, pondering them in her heart, Luke 2, 19. Mary is able to recognize the traces of God's spirit in events, great and small. She constantly contemplates the mystery of God in our world, in human history, and in our daily lives. She is a woman of prayer and work in Nazareth, and she is also Our Lady of Help, who sets out from her town with haste, Luke 1.39, to be of service of others. This interplay of justice and tenderness of contemplation and concern for others is what makes the ecclesial community look to Mary as a model of evangelization. We implore her maternal intercession that the church may become a home for many peoples, a mother for all peoples, and the way be open to the birth of a new world. It is the risen Christ who tells us, with the power that fills us with confidence in an unshakable hope, Behold, I make all things new. Revelation 21, 5, end quote. So pertinent to today's social and political commentary, it is a beautiful reminder, quote, Who need not treat others poorly in order to feel important themselves, end quote. When we approach social media in the times where we can take a stand for our beliefs, Let's follow Mary's example in humility and tenderness. She brings warmth to the pursuit of justice. What does that look like in the pursuit of justice in your life? Passionate, but with Mary's tenderness? Strong, but with warmth? She shows us how to evangelize and bring people home. Isn't that the point of standing up for injustices? To hopefully show people the truth? and to offer them the fullness of life. Ask for her intercession when you evangelize, and she will show you the way. Again, Pope Francis and a general audience in St. Peter's Square on Wednesday the 23rd of October in 2013. Quote, Mary as the model of the union with Christ. The life of the Holy Virgin was the life of a woman of her people. Mary prayed, she worked, she went to the synagogue, but in every action was carried out with perfect union with Jesus. 
This union finds its culmination on Calvary, where Mary is united to her son in martyrdom of heart, and in the offering of his life to the Father for the salvation of humanity. Our Lady shared in the pain of the Son and accepted with him the will of the Father, and that obedience that bears fruit that grants the true victory over evil and death. The reality Mary teaches us is very beautiful, to always be united with Jesus. We can ask ourselves, do we remember Jesus only when something goes wrong or when we are in need? Or is ours a constant relation, a deep friendship, even when it means following him on the way of the cross? End quote. Mary teaches us how to be unified with Christ. Unite yourself to Jesus' passion, accept God's will, draw near to him in good times as well as the bad, and maintain a relationship with him. Do your friendships take a pause just because things are going well? Do you often talk to your best friend on a daily basis? Maintaining a relationship with Christ is as simple as putting effort into a friendship. Do you visit his house often? Do you hang out with him? How often do y'all talk? I want to challenge you today to look at these aspects of Mary's example for our lives and try to apply some of them. She is comforting with our sufferings. We can learn to contemplate the life of Christ. We can open our hearts to the Holy Spirit. We can serve others the way she did. We can evangelize with tenderness and we can unite ourselves to Christ. She can teach us so much about Christian living. Let's learn. Whatever you're doing, stop right now and ask Mary to pray for you. Ask her to pray for your relationship with her son. And we ask these things by praying in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. I hope you feel closer to Jesus this week through Mary. And always be encouraged. You just listened to an episode of the podcast, Stay at Home Faith. And now on to housekeeping and announcements. Hey, thank you so much for listening today. I hope you liked hearing all of the wonderful ways Mary can speak to our lives. Join me next week as we explore my patron saint, St. Francis of Rome. I hope your Lent is going well. Overall, it's going pretty well over here. I had to drag myself off the couch a few times, and my kids are like, more praying. But I'm happy to continue on in the hopes of growing closer to Christ. So please pray for my Lent, and I will pray for yours. If you enjoyed or found this episode helpful, please share with someone you know will like it too. Could you also subscribe and rate? And could you pray for me that I continue to listen to the Holy Spirit as he works through this podcast?
If you'd like to get in contact with me, you can email me at stayathomefaith at gmail.com or follow me on Instagram at stayathomefaith. Thanks for listening.